And we are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host. And as usual, I'm joined by Seth Wintraub, who just revealed the Electric Car of the Year. Big news today. Um, Exciting. Uh, yes. Surprising. Really, shocking. Yeah. <laughs> I, wish I said it to you, but uh, as soon as it pop up on Twitter, I look at to see the comments. The very first comment I see, it's... Uh, it's the <laughs> yeah oh nice you got the beeper <laughs> yeah I got a little censorship keep, thing going on get your um, finger keep your finger right. on that all right <laughs> without any further ado what is the electric electric vehicle of the year so this year we decided that um taking into consideration we're in the middle of an economic downturn maybe a recession i don't know uh value became kind of the the primary mover um, everybody was jacking up prices this year as well. Uh, Tesla, just like every month, uh, seemed to be raising the prices. Ford uh, made their Mustang more expensive. The government took away a lot of the federal tax credits. But the one outlier was the uh, GM Chevy Bolt, which uh, GM dropped by $6,000, which is pretty impressive. And that was kind of related to the the fires issue that... Um, we talked about, you know, a lot uh, back when that was happening. But, um, you know, the bottom line is you get a really good car. And I'm I'm a Chevy Bolt driver from 2017 to 2020. And I just got a new one uh, yesterday. And I love it. And, you know, when I, you know, I've driven just about every EV. I've driven Porsche Taycans, Mercedes EQS. And obviously, it's not as great as those cars. But like, in a lot of ways, I would rather have a Bolt. It's just, you know, easier to get into and out of. It's easier to drive. Um, you don't have to worry about people hitting it. It's, it's smaller footprint, so you don't have to, you know, parking spots are easy. There's lots of room in the garage. So there's just so many bonus pieces of owning a Bolt. And also, you know, I think we also as, I don't, I don't want to say Americans, but just as, you know, drivers, we're not thinking about, the big picture quite as much. And, you know, when we're driving around, you know, I'm driving around at a Ford F-150, I'm feeling like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm using two or three times as much electricity as I need to be using you know, if I was driving a Bolt. Um, I can't see, like, around me because I'm so high up in the air and, I, you know, I'm such a big vehicle. So pedestrians and bicyclists are in danger. So there's all these, like, little factors that kind of play in. And, and the Bolt kind of, you know, it's it's kind of alone in its form factor. I mean, you could say like the mini or the uh, BMW i3 are kind of there, but they don't have, they have like half the range, not really usable range. So it's, it, you know, it's kind of the loan in the hatchback area. So, you know, taking all those things together with the price that I think it's like $15,000 less than the next comparable vehicle. You could say like, you know, a base model ID four, would be kind of in the same ballpark um, as the Bolt, but it, it, you know, it's quite a bit more expensive. Um, yeah, I guess the Mustang Mach-E is kind of close to a, a Bolt EUV a little bit with the uh, only the rear wheel drive, but there's just nothing close to it. And, you know, obviously the Leaf with the Chatamo, that's not going to, nobody's going to want that. So, it's about the same price, but it's just not comparable in terms of the value. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, I mean the the Leaf 
that is near the bolt price is a 40 kilowatt hour leaf with mm-hmm. a chatamo charger like way slower um like i don't know who would buy a bolt at this point like i hate to, or i don't know who would buy a, a, a nissan leaf. leaf at this point it yeah i mean nissan leaf shut themselves in the foot a long time ago but now we're, we're getting into the downside so you just listed all the positive of the bolt which i all agree with you're all right about mm-hmm and uh and value i mean no one can argue with it like the, even even with all the downside that i can i can mention the value is still is still there but there are some downside the biggest one i mean you led with it in your post and the downside part of it it, it is the, the charging like this for a 2022 for a vehicle in 2022 to have 54 kilowatt of dc fast charging capacity it's it's kind of unacceptable uh, but that's how much, like that's how crazy the market is. Really, that right. like, you you can create like you, you can go cheap enough that even if you have like a completely inaccessible charge rate for 2022, you can still have like the the best value car in the EV market in the U.S. So, congrats on Chevy sure. for making that happen. I will say so. Just talking about that a little bit, a few things. Um, it I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Like it's totally unacceptable. Even if like the regen can go up to 70 kilowatts. Mm. So you know the system can mm. handle 70. Like, just throw that in there at least. Mm. Like, throw me a bone. Apparently, it's like the wires. They just had to mm. replace the wires. They just didn't want to do that or something. Anyway, um, things to think about. Uh, the Bolt is one of the most efficient. I think it's like the second to the Tesla Model 3 as uh, the most efficient cars out there. So every... I mean, the Ionic and, and, and company, are not, they're not Ionic 5 oh, yeah. and all that? So the Ionic... Five is not, but the old Ionic. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that one yet. is. But yeah, have a look. Um, yeah. They're all kind of in that range. Um, so but it, anyway, it's one of the more efficient cars. So and I think it's 28 um, kilowatt hours to get 100 miles, um, which is the same as a Tesla Model Y. Although, you know, we know that Teslas don't quite do the range that they say they're going to do um usually um so the thing is though like if you're talking about versus a ford f-150 and you're getting half the mileage or even less per kilowatt um then you're you're kind of charging at the equivalent of over 100 kilowatts in in the bolt if you're talking about just a miles basis so it's not quite as slow as you think because of the efficiency. And then on top of that, you know, it is slow, but theoretically you wake up every morning with 260 miles. Maybe there's a, a seven day, 10 days a year where you're driving more than 260 miles. So you're going to add a couple, you know, 15, 30 minutes onto each of those stops that you would, you know, versus an Ionic or any the, other. The Konas are, sorry to interrupt you, but the Konas are also uh, more efficient. More in, term, in term of the long range EV, you're right. It's the, in the long range EV, it's a model three, model Y, uh, the Lucid, also, you know, it's a long range mm-hmm. EV, it's just not the same price point. Uh, then you have a bunch of like 100 miles EVs that are more efficient. But if you want like 200 plus miles EVs, yeah, uh, it's it goes model three, model Y, Kona, and then the Bolt EV, you're right? Yeah, and they're all in the same general yeah, yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's 120. Uh, uh, yeah, 120 um, MPG. Right. So there's some there's some other downsides. Um, you know the the look of it 
is uh, I would say at, at most polarizing. And I, and I said, I, I think I'm the only one at Electrek who really like likes the look of the bolt. You know, it's kind of a hot hatch uh, in my book. And like, frankly, there's a lot of CEV uh, vehicles out there. It's kind of mm -hmm. nice to refreshing to not have a CEV. Yeah, my Although, take on the design has always been that like I'm not mad at the exterior with the update with the front end too. It's it's better. I think the when when, when was the update? Uh, like 2021. 2021. Yeah. So that 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 was that was a good update. My my point was always the interior is not great looking. It's also a little bit cheap looking, especially when it was a thirty five thousand dollar car. Yep. Uh, so now it's a twenty five thousand dollar car. I'm not mad at it. Like this is this is a decent interior for for a car in the, in the 20s. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you have always said that, and now it's finally in the 20s. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and you know, and, and here's the weird thing: um, the Bolt EUV actually has less cargo space. Yeah, I never than the got EV. that. Yeah, I don't like. I kind of just want to fill it up with balloons and see what the heck's going on because it doesn't make sense. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just been a great car for me. Uh, like, I love zipping around. Uh, it's great for my kids. I mean, like to be honest with you, like we we do two things: one, we go to Vermont, and that's going to be in the Model Y. And then I'm also an Uber driver for my kids. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much like my day, my life. Mm -hmm. So uh, neither of those things require me to fast charge um, too often. Although I do plan to take the Bolt up to Vermont at least once. Mm -hmm. So give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely understand. Like, that's why I didn't fight you too much. Like, let's, let's be clear. <laughs> uh, Seth had the final say on which what card of the years maybe the. the uh, I was open to I was open to arguments. Yeah, and I didn't fight you much, if not at all, on uh, because because I do understand where you come from. Because one of the biggest thing, as you know, you, you I'm sure you will agree with me as the like electric car guy, which when within your faith your friend group, like. I mean, not. I mean, we've we've been. I was I was thinking about it the other day. We've been we've been at this for a long time. I mean, it's I'm, it's going to be my eighth year at Electric uh, next year coming oh, up. Congrats. So it's been a long time. So I, I I've been like an electric car guy so long that now I've pretty much converted all my friends. <laughs> like they don't they 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 all they all have an electric car or want one for the next one, but. For the longest time, the biggest argument against it that I, I did, the biggest pushback is like, I ah, you need to be rich to have an electric car. Like, there's no, there's no cheap electric car and everything, and um, and they've been right for the most part, unless you want some, unless you want to make some big compromises. And like you just explained, that basically the only compromise that you make with this car is like, yes, if you're some, it's going to be a bigger compromise if you're someone who does a lot of long distance driving. But if you have a more normal case, which is the vast majority of people, you make the compromise that the once or twice or three, four times a year, whatever it is, like the handful of times a year that you do make long distance travel, it's going to be a little bit more cumbersome. So this is a very small compromise for all the benefits you get from driving electric, including the financial benefit, which is even greater for the, the Bolt TV because of its low cost of purchase on top of its of EVs, all EVs, low cost of operation. So yeah, I mean, this is, they, they have a winner at that price for sure. The only thing that's like, I see some people in the comments already mentioning it is like, 
are they making any money on this? Like, like that, that's, that's the big question. Cause even at $35,000, there was a lot of questioning whether they make money on it. And, and now at 25, it's even more. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, they, they said they're ramping up to 70,000. Yeah. Like that's, that. So that, that's the, that's the thing where I was like, all right, we, we, we can make it. It's not, it's not like it's a compliance car or anything like that, even though it's a low volume vehicle at 30,000 units, they are talking about doubling the, the production capacity for next year. And it's going to stick around for at least a little bit, because that's the other worry where we thought like the, the Bolt TV was over now and they were switching everything to Ultium. But uh, no, they, they are keeping it for a little bit. So yeah, I mean, can you imagine if next year, like the, the, the ramp up to 70,000 units and the keep the price around like less than $30,000 and they just bump up to like a hundred kilowatt of, of charging. Just, just even though that's too low for me either, but still it's a big upgrade for both TV owners that would, that would kill. That would, everyone would buy that. Yeah. I don't I, It just seems like a very small thing to, I mean, it's, it's been six years, like the mm -hmm. bolts been around for a while and from the get go, people are like, yeah, that, that's a nice mm -hmm. charging speed, mm -hmm. but really mm -hmm. let's talk about a hundred or 150. Yeah. So the only other thing that I would put as a big downside and a big compromise, <laughs> but that's not against it, all other EVs, especially against like the, the Teslas and Rivians of, of this world, is that $25,000, that's the MSRP that right. you GM get the gives dealers. you. Then you have to deal with the dealers. And a lot of dealers, because of the great value that the Bolt TV is offering right now, this MSRP, they are marking up the price. They, there is a lot of demand for it. So you can still find some good deals on it, so it's not too big of a deal. But we cannot really fault the Bolt TV as a vehicle program and not give it the car of the year because of its value, just because some dealership, stealerships are, are, are trying to uh, make a buck off of it. Yeah, so uh, you know, just anecdotally, um, I bought my mom one that we talked about a little bit ago, mm -hmm. um, had kind of a bad dealer experience there. Mm -hmm. um, they they kind of hoodwinked her into buying a $2,000 maintenance package. And then they, they did a poor job of handling the uh, uh, Q Merit uh, uh, charging charging install. This time it was good. Um, I, the guy did know who I was. Uh, that you know, I, I talk about EVs, so um, it did seem like they were... I don't, I don't know if that was because of, you know, that I'm a writer or that he was just a nice guy and didn't you know, try to screw me over. But then I got on OnStar because, you know, you have to register OnStar when you when you uh, turn on the car. Yeah. And the, the OnStar guy was was really a douchebag. And <laughs> and I was like, no, I just don't want it. Like, I don't want it. And he just kept yeah. saying, yeah, you should get it, whatever. And I was like, look, I'm not going to get it. And then he just hung on about me. Like, that, I think that hasn't changed for years because I, I kind of like sort of vaguely remember because my, my parents have been GM owners for the longest time. And uh, when I, I, I sort of vaguely remember now, I was like, my, my, my dad would never take on Star unless they gave it. Like sometimes there's a deal that they give it to you for a year, but then they cancel it. And I vaguely right. remember my dad like fighting. I was a, I was a small child and my dad fighting <laughs> on the phone over with the on Star guy. So I, I just don't want your service. Just cancel it. I got like he had it for like a year. And then after a year, you had to cancel it. Actually, it might have been the same guy. Well, he was probably, <laughs> he was probably a French guy, but uh, this guy seemed old and he was a he just would not stop. Actually, I recorded the whole thing. So when, <laughs> when GM inevitably is like, what happened? I'm sure it wasn't that bad. I can just say, here you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm sure it was pretty bad. Normally, you're a pretty easygoing guy. All right. So, yeah, I mean, congrats to uh, 
to GM and Chevy for uh, the Bolt TV becoming the electric vehicle of the year. I, I heard that it's becoming the most prestigious award in the uh, oh, for sure. auto industry. I think everyone agrees with that. Yep. Damn, my, uh, I said what, the website is like super slow right now. I don't know what's happening. But yeah, we are moving on to some Tesla news. Aren't you happy? We not we didn't start with Tesla news today, guys. Um, so this this is a strange one here that uh, we've been discussing for like the last six months now. But now we, we even have a date on it, and it's becoming a little bit more certain. And uh, and and it's uh, confusing a lot of people, <laughs> rightfully so. So Tesla says now that it's going to add a radar to its vehicles and going to start marketing it starting next month, mid-January. So how do we learn that? So, well, first of all, some context for people who are not aware of it. Tesla, as especially Elon Musk, has famously said that radar is not needed for achieving self-driving. It, 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 it thought it was at first, and the first generation of Tesla's full self-driving hardware vehicles had a front-facing radar. Tesla even developed a new radar technology and a new way to read radar uh, data in order to to uh, to improve on on the readings that they get and the performance of the autopilot system. But back then, there wasn't really a self-driving system yet. But Tesla was saying that all vehicles that they produce going forward have all the hardware needed to achieve self-driving. Turned out not to be true, especially with the computer, though that was already sort of expected. So. Not, and Tesla upgraded the computers when needed, so it's not too bad. But then there's also some early cameras. The earlier version, like 2016, 2017, uh, had to upgrade their cameras, so that, that wasn't true either. And now, uh, and then in last year, in 2021, Tesla stopped producing vehicles with the radar altogether because they said we don't need the radar. They're going full Tesla vision, they call it. There's their own computer vision system. And uh, the idea behind it basically is that I mean, I'll, I'll read. This is a message, a text message that uh, DM that Elon sent us at Electric uh, last year. Um, the probability of safety will be higher with pure vision than vision plus radar, not lower. Vision has become so good that radar actually reduces signal and noise. So the the logic behind it apparently is that. It's the, the roads are designed or built for human drivers, and human drivers drive with their eyes and with their brains. So that's what we use to, to drive. Uh, I mean, obviously, our hands with the steering. I don't think anyone argues that you cannot replace steering with, with robots, with, with actuators and whatnot. Uh, so the idea is like to the easiest way to replace that, to copy that, is going to be. Um, replacing the eyes with the closest thing is going to be cameras all around the vehicles and then replacing the brains with uh, the brain is basically a biological neural net so let's replace it by uh, a coded neural net actual neural nets so running on computers so that's what they want to replace it and the humans don't have anything that resemble a radar so let's not use it so uh, it wasn't a very well-received, I don't know if you guys remember last year, but it wasn't necessarily a well-received approach. Like people like fought back. They're like, hey, you, it doesn't seem smart to take away a sensor. Like you, you should be a way to make it work. And sure enough, at the time, Elon, and that's an electric exclusive, I think Elon only sent that to us in the DMs back then. He said that a very high resolution radar would be better than pure vision, but such a radar does not exist. I mean, vision with high res radar would be better than pure vision. 
So he did admit that if there was a high-resolution radar, and he was right that didn't exist, though there's been, for like the last two, three years, a lot of ongoing projects right now for what they call like a 4D HD radar, and uh, that, uh, like they call it a milli or so millimeter wave radar, that is a very precise radar that would get better readings. So he, he seems open to it, but he was very vague saying that it doesn't even exist yet, which wasn't exactly true because back then we already uh, had some indication that Tesla was testing uh, this this RB radar, it's called, uh, another 4D imaging radar. So they already were testing some applications of it. All right, so that's the context here. Then, earlier this year, we uh, we reported on an SEC filing that, uh, not SEC filing, sorry. <laughs> I've been dealing so much with SEC filings the last few days. That, um, an FC, uh, FCC filing that um, was introducing the fact that Tesla planned to add a new radar in its because uh, with the FCC you have to uh, register any kind of uh, system that sends um, waves, uh, radio waves and uh, to register the kind of spectrum that it, go, it goes in and then you, you need to register any device that deals with that. So they registered with the FCC saying that we're going to add a radar to a vehicle and, but when they did back then, they put a six-month, uh, you can ask the FCC to put a six-month confident, confidential treatment on your, um, on your request. So that, that will make like hide everything, hide, hide all your filings. And that was coming um, up to uh, Wednesday of this week. So Wednesday, the confidential treatment was going away, and we were going to see all the files and know exactly what kind of radar Tesla was talking about and all that and even the instruction manuals and all that that stuff that's in the FCC filing. But Tesla put a request in this week where they, uh, they want to extend that uh, confidential treatment. And they did. And in that request, they confirmed that this device will not be marketed until mid-January 2023. So they don't want... The argument is that we are about to release it, but a month from now, so they don't want to people to talk about it. But still, we, we, we still have enough information on it that it's an HD millimeter wave radar that, because uh, I think the only arguments against it that people are like, yeah, this is not actually a big deal. This is probably a, a cabin facing radar. Uh, not, nothing on the filing that is not redacted because of the official treatment. Something fell behind me. <laughs> There's nothing behind me, but I, I heard something falling behind me. Maybe okay. it's that, uh, like, that red light computer thing back there. Yeah, I don't know. That was weird. Um, got me scared for a second. But if, if I get murdered, it's going to be on camera at least. <laughs> if there's something behind me. I'll try to keep the podcast going. <laughs> yeah, I called 911 if something happened. Uh, yeah, so where was I? So it, it looks like it is uh, like an autonomous driving radar. The goal is to driver assist on, on that front. And it's coming up next month. So that's, that gets a lot of people confused now is because there's two possibilities here. So Tesla it would mean that Tesla would be updating its hardware, its sensor suite for autopilot and self-driving, which is not necessarily something to worry about for current Tesla owners in terms of we already knew that Tesla would always upgrade um, their sensor suite, their computer, and everything. But... Um, with the fact that Tesla has yet to deliver full self-driving and it has missed a bunch of timelines on it, and people, many people in the industry have raised concern of Tesla's ability at all to deliver on that current hardware, it does 
had to the worries that Tesla might not be able to to deliver on its promise with the current hardware, and and that 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 would be quite a fiasco. Like it's it's even hard to imagine if if that is. I'm not saying it is the case, but it's it's adding to that worry, and it's hard to imagine what kind of scenario that would create. Like that would like Tesla would have to because it did the, the promise that Tesla made are clear. So Tesla would have to upgrade all the vehicles, but adding a radar and the like. 2 million cars that Tesla has produced, um, not 2 million, but close to 2 million has produced over the last uh, two years since they, they removed the radar. And um, and then maybe, and then it, it sounds like they would need also to replace the one with, that have a radar, but it's not as good as this one. Like there's, there's so many, like these, with millions of cars at this point, it's gonna, it's, it would be like a nightmare, a nightmare scenario for Tesla. Uh, I mean, some are, some are even calling it like a company ending type type of deal. I, I I wouldn't go as far as that, but pretty pretty close. Like it's it would be like a ten billion dollars more, like like maybe like a thirty billion dollars recall program or something like that. And then the, the thing that happened at the same time or, or or last weekend really that is adding to the the whole uh, the the whole situation is that a Model Three vehicle. You know, if you remember, the, there was a rumor last week that Tesla is upgrading the Model 3 next year uh, with, with a little design refresh, a new um, uh, front and back casting and, and all that. But last weekend, there was a Model 3 that was spotted in California with manufacturer plate, which would mean that Tesla owns the vehicle. And there was some camouflage on it, uh, front and back. And... One thing that there's, there's not much because of the camouflage, there's not much that we can detect on it. But some people suggested that because even even the uh, headlights are heavily camouflaged, but with a thinner uh, a thinner fabric that you can see through it a little bit, and it looks like a camera is encased into the top end of the uh, headlight here. So it's it's very that's obviously not as strong as the FCC filing, obviously. But if true, it could lead to Tesla being testing right now a whole new hardware, a sensor suite for autopilot and self-driving, uh, which would be significant. And and the camera also like there's there's the image, which again I'm not completely convinced by the image, but also it would make a ton of sense to to put a camera there because Tesla has a blind spot around the bumper there, and also it would if you have one on each side, it would facilitate when you're you're um, making a perpendicular turn uh, when you have to creep forward to uh, to see if there's a car coming. That would be so much easier to use that camera than using the uh, front-facing camera that are in the windshield right now that are closer to a driver's view. So, yeah, this is uh, the, <laughs> it, it's adding a lot to the concerns. I think of uh, uh, of yeah, I mean, what would be that. more expensive: retrofitting everybody or refunding uh, the you know FSD autopilot money? That's a, that's a good call. I I I'm, I'm I've been saying for years that Tesla should offer refunds anyway on the FSD just from for for the not delivering on it and the timelines right. and all that, and uh, especially for people that are like uh, like so that's one of the biggest thing for like the hardcore Tesla fans uh, that uh, are like are realistic about full, you know there's a plenty of Tesla fans that still think that FSD is just around the corner and whatnot. But for those that are more realistic about the full self driving that have the beta and everything and are just not satisfied with it. And uh, but they're, they still love their Tesla vehicle so much that they they upgrade when they have it, when they, when when they, they feel like it whatever they want a new car they want a new Model S Plaid or whatever that's one of the things that hurts them the most where 
when they had paid for FSD on their old car and then they never got FSD, they never got full self-driving, you just got some kind of FSD beta, whatever that means. And now they have to buy it again on their new car. So just for that alone, like people should be able to transfer it or get a refund on the old one and buy it on a new one or whatever. Uh, to yeah. if you still believe that Tesla can deliver it, but yeah, a retrofitting like a radar in the in the front end. I mean, asked uh, uh, Jason Hughes about it. Like he's the, he's the only person I know that actually took a, a Tesla, non autopilot Tesla, and made it autopilot with the front facing radar and the front facing cameras. Uh, before Tesla had cameras all around the vehicle in 2016, and it, it's it's extremely difficult. Like he, he understood after that, he was like, Tesla cannot do that. I I just. Uh, when, like so I see someone like questioning whether like ten to thirty billion dollars. Here's the thing: it wouldn't even happen. I think I, I don't think just the load that they would put on Tesla service because it's it's hours and hours of work for each car. And now you're talking about I don't know like millions of vehicles at this point. So no, I just I just don't I just don't think it would happen. So again, this is this is if this is not just an upgrade that Tesla is working for the next generation and. I just I wouldn't be that surprised if the current generation of vehicle gets crude and they're like, nah, this is actually we 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 promised FSD beta, we delivered FSD beta, whatever it is. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, Sylvain Belanger said they also did. I, did, I didn't know that. So uh, Sylvain Belanger works for um, Simon Andre, is a dealership here that the uh, they deal with a lot with Teslas. Um, so uh, I didn't know that. That's cool. But I mean, I'm sure that Sylvain is going to agree with Jason. <laughs> it is quite the uh, endeavor to do. I mean, just all the wiring that you have to go through. And then, then you probably have to change something with the bumper, I would assume, too, because it's hidden behind the bumper. Um, this It's so much and so much pressure on Tesla service centers that I, I just don't see it happen. Yeah. And I don't think all the uh, materials that they use are radio transparent. So like... Mm -hmm. You couldn't put it under the hood. You'd have to put it under the plastic parts. Oh yeah, for sure. It's good. It would be behind the bumper, uh, but it's it's crazy. I cannot even I cannot imagine Tesla doing that. Yeah, it seems insurmountable. So basically, right now, to 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 conclude, the best case scenario is that Tesla. This is just a next gen that's going to improve on full self driving beta, and Tesla still plans to convert full self driving beta into a truly full self driving system with the current generation of hardware. Um, but as I say that, <laughs> I have a hard time believing it. So worst case scenario, Tesla actually needs this new hardware suite to achieve full self-driving. And now they are at a very strange scenario where they either fight the customer saying that, well, this is, this is going to be it, or they actually do the right thing and reimburse everyone. Or I don't, I really don't know. No good way out. No, there's, there's not. But again, this is the worst case scenario. This might still happen. I don't know. All right. Before we go into the next story, I just want to, uh, we don't have a sponsor for the show this week. This is another free show. Uh, we, we, by the way, we, we, got, we have some sponsor coming back in, in, in the next year and whatnot. But uh, if you do want to sponsor the show, please reach out. We can uh, arrange something and, uh, and do something about that. But in the meantime, you have a completely ad-free experience. So if you can give us a thumbs up. Uh, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. And if you're listening on your podcast app, leave us a five-star review. Those help tremendously. They all help, really. They're all free to do. They all take a minute, and uh, we appreciate when you do it. And all tell right. your friends. Yeah, tell your friends about the show, too. So up next, 
still well, still on self-driving, really. That I thought that was an interesting one. Is uh, it's true the the inevitable class action lawsuit for full self-driving that happens. We reported on that in September, so we knew was coming. There was just no other way that some people would try to challenge Tesla at the court where they're regarding its claims of achieving self-driving. And uh, Tesla last week they filed uh, a motion to dismiss the lawsuit. And there was a few interesting comments in that motion to dismiss. The, the, the most interesting one being that mere failure to realize a long-term aspirational goal is not fraud. So that's Tesla's argument for it not being in troubles for, for what they said about achieving self-driving, which is a very weird way to present it, in my opinion, because it, it describes the the way that they presented people with self-driving. And I mean, we can go up with a bunch of quotes and, and, and things like that. But I mean, they they have used self-driving to sell cars. There's no other way. Like Elon has been adamant that, hey, buy self-driving right now because it's going to be more expensive in the future. If you buy your car right now, your car is going to be self-driving at one point. Everything like there, there was a lot of things like that that he said. Appreciating asset. Yeah, appreciating asset and all that. Like this, this were clear, like very like, like actionable comments to do. And now calling it a long-term aspiration, aspirational goal. Like that's uh, that, that, that's like I wrote in the article. That's really the the the, the most cautious description of its goal to achieve self-driving that Tesla has ever used. Like the most cautious language ever used by automaker. Everything prior to that was a lot more confident. Really, even though Elon is, is like he's he has a talent for like getting as close as saying a thing is like a done deal, but not saying it. Like he's he has a talent for that, like a talent that uh, like someone like Teranos, <laughs> the Teranos girl should have. Right. <laughs> well, she, she, I guess, stepped over the line, but yeah. I mean, you, you did send me a quote from that from like the SEC when the SEC charged her. That, and the, the, if you read read the quote like right on, like you can you can tell like that oh that could apply very much to this situation. Other than the fact that I from I don't, and I'm not an expert in the whole Terranos situation, but my understanding is that they didn't re, they never really had a clear path to achieving what they want what they said they were going, aiming for, and then they were literally like using. Like uh, regular labs to do the things that they said that only their little box machine would do that they never achieve. In terms of Tesla achieving self-driving, I think there is a clear path to achieving self-driving, and it's just in the form that Tesla wants it to be. It's it's harder. Well, I guess it's similar to to the the thing is they wanted the form to be in the little box thing that you can have at home. It I mean, similar. it's hard <laughs> to say that there's a clear path until you get there because. Well, yeah, there's we a clear don't... path to self-driving itself. I mean, like, like you know, like the Waymo and the, the cruise, if you do it that way, if you did like a geofence, like mapping away, there's clearly a way to do it. Like, it's just Tesla with the generalized self-driving. That's, uh, I mean, it's like achieving AI and gener general uh, artificial intelligence. Like, those are right. like two different things. Yeah. But yeah, so Tesla said that, but then, and then the, the, the other argument that they use is that they never stated like a clear timeline to make it happen which is 
also like an argument that it's tough to make. Technically, like in, in writing, they never did. <laughs> the Tesla has been good about that. In writing, there's no right. You won't find any writing that Tesla says we're going to deliver. Like but their CEO is on video yeah. like a thousand times giving yeah. time frames. In the article, I put a three-minute video of Elon just saying like, oh, next year it's coming. With next year, like uh, by the end of the year, like all, all that. So Robo taxis. Um, yeah. Next year. But even then, like if you actually listen to the video, even then, he is he, he, the way he phrased things is always a little bit like if you're really paying attention. But most people, they don't they, they don't read it like that. So it's hard to say that it's not deceiving. It's real. Like there's, it's gonna be an interesting lawsuit for sure. If it doesn't get dismissed, I would I, I would assume that it doesn't get dismissed honestly. Uh, and, and it wouldn't be the first time that Tesla has to face a, a class action and, and for wrongdoing. Like, like they did with the battery thing and the the the, 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 the supercharger throttling and all that, and they ended up settling for that. So, so it's not like Tesla is completely immune to those things. Like they 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 face the uh, they they face the fire before. All right, moving on from FSD, a few more Tesla news and then a few more non-Tesla news, and then we're gonna jump into the comment section. So, if you guys have any questions for us, any comments, put them in the comment section right now. Uh, we are live, and we're gonna take the, those uh, comments and question lives in just uh, 10, 15 minutes. All right. Tesla has a new. Oh, actually, I was gonna skip one more. Tesla has a new champion of people. <laughs> okay, it's a new head of HR, really. So you know, like Tesla like to have those little silly names for for their C-suite uh, executive. I mean, to be honest, the the, the C-suite names are also kind of silly, like chief uh, chief officer, chief. Uh, executive officer chief financial officer like just chief in itself is kind of it's kind of a of a silly name for for a position but uh, tesla has uh changed things up with uh elon being now uh techno king of tesla and uh, zachary corcoran which officially see well unofficially cfo officially master of coin uh, i think that's a game of thrones reference if i'm not mistaken and now the the, uh, the the HR position, the top HR position, is back to being a C-suite position because it wasn't uh, for the last year. the The top HR position at Tesla hasn't been an easy role. Like uh, in between 2018 and 2019, there was like three different head of HR, and then uh, Valerie Capers Workman took over, and she had a little bit more prominent role. Like she she uh, especially within like the COVID thing and. The, um, a lot of the racial uh, lawsuit against Tesla and whatnot. She she was like the, the face for that. Uh, but she left uh, earlier this year, early this year in January. And since then, they haven't been in like an official top position. I assume Tesla just had someone, uh, one of the VPs take over. And now Tesla is hiring Chris Winton for the position. So Chris Winton is coming up of a 35-year career at FedEx. Is it 35? I think that might be a typo for some reason. Like, uh, that's 25. Long. And my, that's, I thought that's in my head, like I, I, yeah, I, I, head it was 25. Yeah, 25. This is a typo. I'm going to have to fix that. This is a 25 year career uh, at FedEx uh, where he rose to the ranks and most, of, most recently was chief people officer. He was made chief people officer in March, but he didn't stay long in that role because uh, now he's been a hire at Tesla to be the champion of people, which is of the people, uh, again, is, is chief people officer, See, head of HR, whatever you want to call HR, it. HR, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a deceiving name too, that champion of the people, because let's be honest, like the head of HR and HR in general, 
the the they work for the company they don't work for yep. the worker it's not a union <laughs> like it's not the head of your union or something like that no. they work for the company and yes sometimes they can they, they can be useful uh, in terms kind of, of like uh, a liaison but yeah not, not advocate and not a champion yeah at, at the end of the day that guy reports to elon and doesn't report to uh, some kind of uh, conglomerate of, uh, employees checks. yeah 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 uh but yeah he's coming moving from memphis to uh to Austin taking over. So we hope the best for him. This is a hard role. Has been over the years. Another someone who's moving to Austin. It's uh, Mr. Tom Zhu. Uh, you might know Tom Zhu as the president of Tesla in China. And uh, also, I think he, he took over earlier this year, like all Asia Pacific uh, operation from Tesla. And most famously, he he's, was the one responsible for Gigafactory Shanghai, which is by far the, Tesla's most successful manufacturing project to date. Uh, biggest vehicle factory, electric vehicle factory in the world, a million vehicle capacity right now. It's just an incredible project. And now we learned that he's been moved to uh, to work at Gigafactory Texas. So he's taking over the responsibility of Gigafactory Texas. And we just reported a few weeks ago uh, that Tesla had yet to find a leader for Gigafactory Texas. Uh, so so that, that confirms it now instead of uh, they had an open position. But uh, actually, I didn't check if they closed that position. I'm, I'm, it's maybe worth checking. Uh, but now they, they moved Tom Zhu. And it's weird because interesting, this week there was a rumor also that Tom Zhu was taking right. over Elon's position uh, soon as global CEO. But we, we put a big grain of salt on that report, though, because it was coming out of a, a publication called Ping West, which is a legit publication. Like, I looked into it. It's, it's, it's a legit publication with a lot of employees and, and a big presence in China. And then they also have, like, a, an English version for, like, China news for the Western world. And so it came out of that. So, it, but again, looks somewhat legit publication. But at the same time, the weird thing is that their claim to fame when it comes to Tesla is that they reported a, a year ago that uh, Tesla, well, they, they called the uh, Gigafactory Shanghai like a modern sweatshop. And based on a few sources there, they described like a very, like a lot of wrongdoing at Tesla Gigafactory Shanghai, uh, things like using defective part, knowing lean, and things like that. And Tesla sued them in court in Shanghai over over that report, and they won just last week. They won that Tesla won that case. Sorry, just to be clear, Tesla won that case where uh, Ping West had to issue an apology, and he had to pay Tesla like the equivalent of like fourteen thousand dollars or something like that. So, and then like this, Elon stepping down as CEO of Tesla would be the biggest Tesla news of the year, basically, the biggest scoop of the year okay. to get. Yeah, of the decade, maybe. maybe. And uh, within a week of being found guilty by a Chinese court, like I'm not, I'm not saying that they, they did anything wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but because you've been found guilty in court in China, doesn't necessarily the, of 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 saying something of a company that's close to the Chinese Communist Party. <laughs> like, it's just, it's not that. Like, let's take things into perspective and everything here. But uh, so I'm, I'm not saying they did anything wrong, or, or but. At the same time, it is weird that within a week they get like the biggest scoop <laughs> ever about that. So I don't know. Maybe they're right. Maybe they're not. Uh, Elon Ash talked about stepping down as CEO in the future. Um, Peter, uh, Pierre Faragud, uh, like he's a big Tesla analyst uh, for New Street Research, I think. He came out with a note this week where he, he said that he, he could definitely see a scenario where 
Elon still maybe still remains officially CEO, but uh, uh, Zoo takes over like operational roles uh, other than products, maybe. A bit like uh, what uh, Jérôme was, uh, Jérôme Guillen was for a while, like president of Tesla Auto, basically, uh, before being stepping back into Tesla Semi and then, and then leaving. So, oh, Zoo is pronounced like Ju? Like Zoo? Zoo? Zoom. Maybe one day he'll be the CEO and that story will be correct. <laughs> and I will definitely learn how to pronounce his name. I'm sorry about that. Like the guy is, we would be like, he was never mentioned as a potential uh, replacement. Like there's a lot of other people that came up. Uh, we discussed it, I think, two weeks ago. Uh, he didn't come up and we really see him come up, but it would, it would make a lot of sense, I think. Especially after his success in China and with Gigafactory Shanghai. All right, moving on from Tesla news. Ford this week announced this uh, Model E, which uh, you know is the reason why Tesla couldn't call the Model Three the Model E. Ford wanted to retain that trademark. Uh, they never ended up using it for a car. <laughs> they use it for what they call their their EV dealership network. It's called you, you, they want dealership to become Model E dealership, which uh, means that they can sell electric vehicles. So they, they put that program together and this week they announced the basically the take rate within the dealership because they have to make large investments to be in that in terms of training and also a charging station that they need to put in. So they revealed this week that basically two-thirds of their U.S. dealerships have gone on board with the Model E program to sell EVs. Which means that one third of the dealership will not sell EVs until at least 2027, which is when they're going to do another round of it. So that's five years without selling electric cars for a third, almost a thousand uh, for a dealership in the US. But that means that almost 2,000, 1,920 will. And also, it gives Ford basically one of the largest charging dc fast charging network in the u.s because all of those will have not one but most of them will have two uh, i think i broke it down somewhere yeah so 1659 will have two dc fast charging station and the rest will have one so it adds up to uh, 3500 fast charger that's going to be added in the u.s to that program so this is this is a significant deal Although with a lot of caveats, because uh, first off, again, it's one and two chargers per station. So, like, if it's in use, you're screwed. It's not. It's not like most of most of like electric, even like the smallest electric station and the EVgo have like four normally connectors. Mm -hmm. uh, Tesla is normally like eight plus. So that's that's a concern. Also, the location of it is not ideal. Like some dealership are located, like you, you can probably grab something to heat somewhere around it and everything. But a lot of them are like in places called like dealership rows, basically where it's just all dealership for like a mile. <laughs> like just, so those ones are going to be a little bit less useful. And also, they haven't confirmed the charging capacity of it, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go with like the the cheapest one, like the 100 kilowatts and below. Uh, but uh, something to confirm yeah it'll be interesting I, I doubt they'll go over 150 because uh their, their vehicles don't go too much yeah. over 150 
You kind of want to be future-proof, though. I would assume that the yeah, next generation, true. like they already talked that thing about the next generation of the F-150 Lightning being uh, um, over 150. Yeah. All right, this, I'll, I'll mention it because it's a project that we've been following for a long time now. And uh, they, they, they need uh, your help if you want. <laughs> I wouldn't advise anyone to do it. I'd say charity, maybe. Yeah, maybe not charity, but... Solo Motors and the Scion, which is their, their electric solar car. It, it's a project that's been going for a long time. And it's been mostly crowdfunded with, with tens of millions of dollars. And they had several prototype builds. And then they are getting closer production intent. But now they announced that the project is almost it's at the verge of dying. And if they don't get a big uh, influx of capital and confirmation from their uh, user base, their, 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 their fan base, that they will buy this car, they are just going to kill the project. So the idea behind it is, this is this, this Scion here that we're talking about, is that they are launching the Save Scion campaign where current reservation holders, which they have plenty of, I think they have like 43,000 reservation holders, and new ones if you want to place a reservation, now there's instead of just being a normal deposit that you place in, uh, it's you confirm your order and there's a sort of a slider in terms of the deposit where the more you deposit, the more you're gonna get a discount on the vehicle. So it's basically a way to get more money out of uh, the reservation holders. Uh, but they are being very honest about it where they, they need it. Like if if they don't get it, they're trying to get uh, they're basically trying to get. To re all of the 43,000 people that they have out there is they want 3,500 of them to pay fully for their car. Again, that's not necessarily like the 3,500 people will pay fully. It might be like the 43,000 people pay 10% uh, more, whatever. Uh, that, that, that will also do it uh, if my math is right. So, or 10% of, of the value of the vehicle uh, is, is what I'm saying. So this is this is uh, their, their effort. Uh, those Sono motors would not be dead if the program dies because as we reported uh, last year, we did uh, go check them out in Munich uh, yep. at this little facility that they have. And we did drive that. Did we drive it or we rode it, test rode it? We, we rode in it. The actual yeah. CEO. No, no, I, I, did, I, did, I did drive it, I think. Did no? you? Yeah, I feel like I drove it. Anyway, it was a piece of... <laughs> that we drove it with the prototype was not great at all but uh it was just a prototype at that point and, yeah and uh, we were saying at the time like why are they building their own car like their technology is the solar and the you know the integration into the car they, yeah. what they should have done is got like a chevy bolt you know they're cheap uh yeah. and just put solar panels all over it and their their technology inside it well that's what they're so. doing right now but not, not necessarily with consumer vehicles but with trucks and, and and trailers and things like that which which makes a ton of sense so they are being more of a business to business supplying their solar technology that can charge a battery pack as the vehicle moves it's just more difficult than you would you would actually think because they're trying to optimize the the solar power on a moving vehicle with moving shades and, and all that so so it's it's uh, the, the, the 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 they sort of uh, spend a lot of time developing that technology less so the rest of the vehicle uh, to a degree even though they, they have good plans they have a fully good feature plans for the vehicle it's just it, the one that we tested was not there uh, we weren't we weren't really impressed by it but we were impressed by the solar technology on it so and they already had that business to business uh, going and uh, it is profitable apparently so the, right now they're thinking of just 
dropping the scion and focusing just on that unless they do get like the, the strong commitment from the user base and also the money that comes with it they will move to build a production line but right now they figure that even with the profitable business to business solar business they the scion if they use that to finance a scion the whole company will go under which i truly believe like i don't think that's a, i don't think that's a ploy to get more money out of customer i i, I know like it's it takes a billion dollars normally to, to to do a car project like that now i know that they have great partner and simmons and a few other like european manufacturers that are helping them with with the, the science so it's it's wouldn't be as much of a financial burden uh, not exactly like a magna situation but like similar to that where the other companies are helping them build it so it's not that big of a commitment but still it's uh a project that uh, is cool, and if you if if you want to help save it, you can. I'm not I'm not recommending it or that because you could lose your money. Just to be clear. All right, let's move on yep. to the comment section. All right, moving in. All right, uh, I start the first couple. Farfolo Mew says, "Comment after owning a Bolt for six months and driven ten thousand miles, my dream car would be this." with a range extender or an EV battery pack of 700 to 1,000 miles. Come on, dude. No, I, I still disagree with uh, that. Like at 700 to 1,000 miles. I mean, I, I disagree, but I don't for the Bolt because it, the, like, if, if, if there was a decent charge rate on it, like a 700 miles for a car that has a decent charge rate makes no sense because you, you're not going to just drive the seven, very rarely going to want to drive 700 miles in just one shot. You want to going to stop for a few minutes and charge and do something else, like go to the bathroom, eat or something and charge your car. Unless you're like some kind of hardcore, like what was it? The, the astronaut woman that uh, drove her car from Texas to Florida to kill her husband or something like that. She wore a diaper. Yeah, she wore a diaper. Yeah. Like, is the, like, that's what I imagine when I said people like, oh, I drive a thousand mile in one go. But yeah. in this case, he's kind of right, though, because uh, the with the Bull TV, stopping to charge is a hassle because you're going to have to charge for a few hours. But I don't think that's a solution for the Bull. Don't give nope. it a thousand mile pack. Give it decent charging. That's your charging. Exactly. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on. Carl in San Diego, I'm glad to see you reward Chevy for the Bolt. Only problem is GM admitted they still lose money on all their EVs, mm. so this is loss leader pricing that others are not willing to try to pull off. I feel like they they, mm. they kind of pulled back on the losing money thing. Uh, no, they. I, I think that might be accurate. So 2025 uh, or something? Yeah. Yeah, I think that might be accurate. It's just that I mean, for the consumer, that doesn't change much of anything, really. Yeah. So I mean, we, we do we do that more for the consumer side of things. Right. Like this, this is the car to like. A lot of people ask me like, what EVs to buy right now? Like, normally I'm always like, ah, I drive a Model Three, I love the Model Y and everything. So I like buy that. But for now, nah, I'm like, yeah, for the value, like yeah, you should probably get a Bolt. Really. You want to hear something controversial? Go ahead. I like driving the Bolt more than I <laughs> like driving the Model Y. I like driving the Model Three more than the Bolt. Yeah, but the Mod Model Y it just pff, doesn't drive. Well. But you've never been an SUV guy either, no. right? No, no but thing. the Bolt is kind of an SUV. A little, eh, whatever. That's just yeah. you know. Yeah, the standing position is kind of SUV-like, but you're still low to the ground somewhere. Yeah, and the right. the car has a very low center of gravity because of the battery, yeah. so it, it yeah. drives like that. No, I mean, the, right. I, I, the first time I drove the no, is it was it the first time? One of the first time I drove the Bolt TV was at an autocross event, and I it remember was a that, yeah. blast to autocross that car. It's a fun car to autocross. 
Yeah, I know. It, it, it can be a ton of fun. I've been having fun in the 24 hours since I've yeah. had this new one. Um, yeah. I'm excited. What color is it? You need, you, that, no, that was got, the one that you, that you posted, I guess. Uh, you yeah, it's the white one. So it's, it's the one the that storm. is, is, is in, the, in, the, in the post? In the post, yeah, the okay, Stormtrooper yeah. color. Okay, yeah. Um, by the way, that guy we were who wanted a uh, thousand mile range bolt is at a charger charging right now. So that's <laughs> that's a bit amusing. All right. Um, question: Did Chevy solve the battery fire problems with the Chevy Bolt? Uh, I think they did. Um, it <laughs> did take them a couple. That did take them a couple uh, tries, but you know we haven't heard of any fires yeah. in the uh, year since. Um, I do plan on parking mine in the garage, so hopefully that that is a solve. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I mean this is a a, a six year old car with six year old technology, so we know a lot about this car now. It's not like uh, the new one rolling off the line. All right. Yeah, I, w- I was think I was oh, thinking yeah. about about that where when uh, when you when you were like adamant about the the Chevy Bolt TV should be the car of the year, uh, I would be kind of it would kind of surprise a lot of people because unless people know about your your affection for the for the Bolt TV, but if you actually just look at the coverage on the electric of the Bolt TV for the last year, it's just us like telling GM you need to recall that car, you need to recall right. that car. <laughs> we we just we've been leading and they did coverage. Eventually. Yeah, they I mean, they need, did. They need after, to do something. After we and a few other media put a ton of pressure on them though, and con- and consumers too, but. Yeah. I mean, we, we, at Electric, we literally hired a guy to just <laughs> report Sean all the Chevy Graham, Bolt yeah. TV fired for like yeah, a he, year until that. He should have got a Pulitzer for that. He, yeah. uh, he basically like forced their hand and yeah. finally got them he to be, do what they were supposed to do. He basically got a billion dollar recall program for, uh, for, for owners. Yeah. And then when it was over, he's like, yeah, I don't want to write anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and I think he actually traded in his Bolt. So maybe it was, you know, that was part uh, yeah. of it. All right. Uh, LG Chem did a long investigation, blamed their manufacturing equipment, stating that things got out of spec and created problem cells. Yeah. And there was like yeah. two separate problems that when combined caused the fire. Um, and the, the concern so, with the, the Jaguar, I paced to, I reported last month that they used the same cell and, and there was a bunch of fires. And then just this week too, there was a, a whole uh, truck trailer full of IPAs that caught on fire, but it wasn't clear if the fire came from the truck or for the from the hype. Yeah, and so, and Hyundai actually used the same cells, and they had a qu- more quiet recall. And you know, yeah, LG kind of that's on Hyundai. Hyundai just did the right thing. They were like, "All right, we don't want to mess with that," and they recalled them. Yeah, and I think they they had a bigger you know thing to to swat at LG yeah. because LG you know got right on it. But uh, LG, Hyundai, both Korean, like they. Probably right. like they, they know who to talk to and like they, they maybe got LG to, to to do the right thing sooner and maybe GM had some issues fighting them. Yeah. All right, Carl in San Diego think Edmonds is a good place to see actual efficiency rating. Bolt does well, Mini crushed it. Um yeah. Think- uh, yeah, well, we, 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 there's definitely a bunch of low range EVs that are more efficient. You put a smaller battery pack in it, it's gonna be more efficient, but Low range EVs are uh, they, uh, technically there's there's place for them in the market. It's just it's just we don't focus on them as much because they they are not as good as replacing uh, gasoline vehicles on the market. It's just yeah. it's too big of a compromise for for a lot of people to make, unfortunately. 
All right, uh, Farfalo again. Uh, the two biggest bolt efficiencies are slow, fast charge times, which we talked about. It averages 40 kilowatt hour charge rate. I've I've seen 54 kilowatt pretty consistency at the Electrify Americas that are 150 or 350. So I think it depends on the charger. Mm. Also, lack of standard super cruise is frustrating. And I, I agree there. I would love to get super cruise on the, the smaller bolt uh, EV. The car is steering correct, but not hands-free. So it has like this lane thing where if you go out of the lane, it kind of pushes you back in. And people have like messed around with that and got it to actually do like lane keep. But um, and then of course you can use like the comma AI thing in the bolt. Uh, so oh, they, uh, they adapted it to the bolt. Yep. Oh, that's cool. I'd do that. Come on, AI is pretty cool. Probably yeah, pretty cool. I might do that, but my uh, that port is used by uh, my my utility to give me cheap electricity all right uh unfortunately epa numbers suck because those are untested self-proclaimed efficiency numbers uh tesla overestimates their efficiency greatly on many cars and porsche and mini massively underestimate i think that's kind of like the uh the going theory uh carl and san diego bolts a decent looking car it's no ev6 but it's passable so we have an ev6 lover i know I don't know. I, I like the EV6, except the back is kind of weird to me. No, I like it. Yeah. All right, Green Gold. The Chevy Bolt is the perfect everyday commuter car. It's very affordable, and you don't need more than 50 kilowatt charging for every day back and forth to work car. That's kind of what I use it for, and I agree. Mm -hmm. uh, question. Can the Bolt hold a 54 kilowatt charging rate for a significant percent? Uh, yeah, it can probably get about uh, 10 to 55 percent uh there so um that's what 30 kilowatt uh mm -hmm. hours mm -hmm. uh gm admitted they are not profiting on evs until 2025 yeah. we talked about that earlier they'll have to bump price to 7500 as as soon as the fed rebate kicks back in that is yeah interesting. We, we expect that yeah but that Do could you? happen that could happen any week now really mm -hmm. they could announce a price increase when they announce like how much the feds going to come back all right uh dan negative i'm charging it right now so he's talking about he's at the charging station as i watch the stream started at 48 kilowatts at 15 percent state of charge now i'm at 43 kilowatts sitting at 45 percent after 50 percent state of charge it drops well into the 30s and 20s so again that's probably dependent on the charger uh it's a 2022 bolt and the charger's newly installed one rated at 62 kilowatts. That's weird. I've never heard 62 kilowatts. So it's yeah. not the charger bottlenecking it. Tesla News comes second. Oh my gosh. I know. It's crazy. But the charger is rated at 62, but like being rated and that with the actual output sometimes is, uh, is different, unfortunately. Yeah. It's sometimes the amps and the volts. Uh, it's weird. Uh, what's the status of every Tesla owner who paid for FSD in years past and now Tesla is changing the system? There's years of EVs now. I think we kind of discussed that, but I guess it bears repeating. Like, it's a lot of cars. Yeah. I mean, I, I never did the math, but it's, I mean, it, technically it would only be, I guess, the cars of the people that bought FSD. But I, at the same time, a lot of people bought the car thinking, I'm not buying FSD now, but I'm going to buy it in the future when I, I think it's worth it. And it's, so it's, it's such a weird situation. It's so hard to. Yeah, that's actually the out. issue we got in trouble with Elon over is, uh, yeah. you know, they were charging people for a hardware upgrade that 
for a car that was supposed to have all the hardware that yeah. do FSD. Um, all right. Uh, the way that Tesla's handled AP1 and non-upgraded hardware to 2.5 makes me nervous for people after hardware 4 is released. Uh, I think that's a, probably a, a pretty pretty I just, uh, I just, accurate. Yeah, I just cannot see them actually retrofitting to hardware 4. I, I, I would be shocked, especially if it involves a radar and those uh th those cameras those and probably an upgraded computer i mean those things they get upgraded yeah too. i mean the upgraded computer looks easier to me it's though it is expensive as hell um it's easier to do like the, the biggest like we're talking about the value the 10 to 30 billion dollars like a lot of that value would be purely in hours spent uh labor hours at the service center like how much does tesla charge for a service center hour these days like 200 dollars something like like I just I don't know. It might depend on what they're doing. Yeah, uh, I think like the regular one is like two hundred dollars. So, uh, I mean, we, let's ask Sylvain. If Sylvain is still in the chat right now, like how many hours of labor hours do you think it's going to cost to retrofit a radar into the front end of a uh, of, a, of a Tesla vehicle? Like, just a, and that's just a radar. If they have to change the cameras too, it would be ridiculous. Like, the, I don't think that Tesla service network can support that. Yeah. Elon already said that the newer ones would be better and older ones would be as good as possible, but seemed comfortable with these different tiers of performance. So like he's saying that the older cars wouldn't be able to self-drive as good as the newer ones. And I don't think that's realistic, but maybe. I mean, yes, I, I, I understand that like this, but again, he said that, but he, he was wrong about what they would need to achieve self-driving several times in the past. So the, how much weight do you put on what he says if he, he was already wrong before? So that's that's my point here. I'm not saying that I know more than him. I'm, I'm saying that I'm analyzing the whole situation, and I, uh, that's how I see it. All right. Oh, so um, it's an hour for the radar alone. So to have a radar in a car that doesn't have radar would only take an hour. That, that surprises me. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll defer to Sylvain here. He knows more than me about that, but that would be surprising to me. All right. Uh, charging. Keep giving us update on the track. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at first, to add AP, we needed the bumper sensors, front-facing camera, new ABS modules, bunch of wires, and a full reprogram of the car. Yeah. All, okay. All of that together, like, sounds like <laughs> more than an hour. Maybe it's just Sylvain. Like, you, you, you would need uh, you would need ten thousand Sylvain. You can make it happen. Oh, the, yeah. oh, they left the harness there. Is that what you're saying? You're saying that they left. Uh, if the if the harness is already there, then the, that would be odd. But that that's that's weird though. If Tesla left the harness there but removed the radar, so Tesla knew this was going to happen. They, they knew right. they, they removed the radar and then they they knew they were going to put it back. Well, well maybe I, it was just. So I reach out to me because uh, if that's true, like that's I, I want to know more might about be a that. Story. Yeah. yeah, and. Well, the thing is, though, like they might have just been like, you know, like when you remove a kidney or when you uh, get a kidney transplant, they leave the old kidney in there. It might have been one of those things where they're just like, eh, you know, why take yeah. why stop making this thing? Yeah. And get recertified or whatever. Yeah, there might be other reason to leave the harness. You're right. All right. Let me see if I can find where we were. Um. Uh, rented a Tesla back in April, drove it in Hawaii. Even the autopilot was full of annoying driver interruptions. It was way overcautious. Improve Tesla, please improve autopilot and leave the sitting driving to humans. Well, theoretically, we'll get to... Yeah. 
I generally like the pop on the highway. I think it performs yeah. very well. Uh, Andrew McDonald says Tesla would not need to change all vehicles, only vehicles that paid for FSD. Yeah, well, we just discussed that. Like technically, maybe, but uh, there's they have a case. Those that don't that didn't pay for it, but thought they they, they would want it in the future, they have a case to to get it too. Because then, what happened if they pay for FSD right now? They pay for FSD, and Tesla like spends a thousand plus dollars to to retrofit them too. I don't know. All right, is that 28 kilowatts at that point? Um, love these charging updates. That is helpful to know. 43-minute charge times are rough. I have to say uh, I've been at 50% and 50 kilowatts at uh, on a bolt. So I don't know. Take take grain of salt. This was at a uh, Electrify America in Yonkers, New York. All right, moving on. All right, we're still talking about the charger. <laughs> uh, Joe Kachanis, there's a clear path, but humans can do it. That means it's possible. So that's talking about, is there a clear path to, to self-driving? I guess that's true. Like, uh, we know it can be done. It's kind of like we see birds flying, so we know that we can fly. Um, right? Uh, so that's true, I guess. Uh, you need an index gen module in, in your Nginx. Y, Seth? Yeah, oh, they, they, it's, 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 I, I didn't know that something works for Nginx, too. Maybe he doesn't, doesn't, I don't know, but it's the other the company. That... Yeah, it's another company based in Trois Rivières that uh, they, they, they do the modules that uh, unlock some powers and like the things that Tesla unlocks, you have to pay for it, but they do it too. But they do a few other things on top of it, too. Unfortunately, I already got everything on my Model Y, so. And and the the Model Three actually the Model Three would be fun to play with. Well, you don't like they, they can take like a dual motor Model Y and basically make it a newer performance almost like oh. close to it. Like they can do things like that. Yeah, Sylvian, give me a call. <laughs> All right, uh, Hyundai's recall was publicized as the most expensive in automotive history. Okay, so I guess it wasn't. No, uh, I think I think, but I think Bolt beat that after yeah. that. Like you know, they was just first to do it, and they were, right. <laughs> the the Bolt TV was a bigger one. Uh, but as a second car, they are perfect for low-range cars. We were probably talking about the Bolt yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ping pong lane keep. Yeah, that's a little bit like that. Um, Hyundai estimate. <clears throat> Hyundai recall was estimated at nine hundred million. I'm sure the Bolt is over a billion. Uh, shout out to Mikey G and the Electric Daily YouTube's. Yep. Yeah, uh, thanks, Mikey, for joining us here. It's a separate YouTube channel. Electric Daily, if you want to check it out. Yeah, go subscribe. If Tesla removes the ability to buy FSD on currently owned hardware three cars, then and only then you'll know that they can't run at FSD on hardware three. That would be a bad <laughs> sign if that Yeah, that's happened. that's a good point from Dan there. Something to look out for. Again, uh we're 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 just introdu like introducing the scenario that might happen. That maybe everything goes well and and it's just a regular update. Uh, upgrade to the new hardware, but I mean, there's certainly room for concern with the misstated lines and, and the current performance of uh, FSD beta. Uh, yeah, so the Bolt autocorrect is most definitely a ping pong lane keep. It can't be used at all practically for any sort of hands-off driving experience. Super Cruise on an EUV is that, and I think by that he means it's an auto, an actual autopilot. 
Uh, all right, that's a fact. Harness is still there. Yeah, but uh, uh, Sylvain had it that they know that based on the cars that they've seen, like the the most recent ones. But he doesn't know like uh, like maybe they eventually like the most recent cars literally like this year. Maybe they remove the harness. We don't know. Armageddon says we need the EV for poor people. Um, poor I, people poor... shouldn't be buying new cars, though. <laughs> well, the... yeah, <laughs> used cars. So like, yeah. uh, get a Fiat uh, 500e. Yeah. Uh, even bolt evs i would assume that used ones are not going for too much these days and and used car price in general have been going down the last two or three months yeah so i would assume that you can get uh a bolt tv for less than twenty thousand dollars used yep yeah maybe closer to 15. Even. yep That'd and then good. you know all those compliancy cars uh yeah. you, even for less yeah maybe even an older kind of dinged up tesla um because we have seen a bunch of cars that radar and the harness is still there. Okay, so we're talking about that still. Mikey G uh, says, hey, Nanda Holtz, thanks for joining in. Uh, Sylvian Boulanger says, we need the Honda E over here. That's yeah. true. We do need yeah. the Honda E. And then finally, we have Carl San Diego. Thanks for a good show and appreciate your willingness to talk fairly about Tesla. Too many channels fail to do that. Yeah, appreciate that too. You're welcome. And Arma comes up purposely only by old stuff. That's all I'm saying. Like, and when I say poor people, but well, you said poor people, I didn't say poor people, but I, I don't even mean like actual like poor people. Like a lot of people are buying new cars, even though they make like a decent living and everything. That probably are not an official place to buy a new car. Like you, you see those ads about like the financing and things. Like they, they try to get you with the financing. Like oh, it's not cost you anything. Like a new car is. Technically, like you ask any kind of good financial planner, they, they'll tell you it's for like, I don't want to tell it on top of my head. I don't know exactly, but a certain part of the population in terms of their income that they can get. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, most people, they, they buy, I think it's 20 or 30% of car buyers buy new cars. And then the rest, it's transaction. And in car transaction, overall car transaction, I think it's like 30% of car transaction or new cars. The rest, it's all used car. So, Obviously, most people buy used cars. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and it's kind of the same way for houses and even things like phones. Like, it's just smarter. When I was a student, I didn't buy new things. I had, you know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, so. I didn't buy a new car until uh, my my second Tesla. My first Tesla was a used <laughs> car. <laughs> my yeah. first new car was a, was a, a Tesla Model 3. That was in 2018. So yeah, before that, I was poor and I was buying used cars. <laughs> I know. Mine was a Prius. My new, yeah. first new car. First new car, please. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for watching. If you're still watching an hour, 13 minutes into it, and like a good 30 minutes of comments, and a lot of uh, great interaction today. We appreciate everyone that was here. Arma, uh, Sylvain, Carl in San Diego. Forget the name of the the, the, the guy that was charging. <laughs> it was a, he had a, a strange name, I think. The... Farfolo Mew. And he also tipped us. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thirteen dollars and seventy-eight cents. We're getting beer. Yeah, we'll each get a beer tonight on you. Thank you very much, and we're gonna see you same place, same time next week. Have a good one, everyone.